The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Howdy. It's an odd day. No national show today. Yeah. No national show today because of technology, correct? Yeah. Uh, Robbins hit some button and everything went down and you know, I don't know what's funny. going on. <laughs> I probably got six different listeners that said, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> They're just used to hearing it on the show. It usually is my fault, too. I, and no. I, I had nothing to do with this. No, one, no th- this time it had nothing to do with that. Something went haywire with our automation system and... Uh, everybody's trying to get everything up and running. A lot of people are running around trying to fix it and, well, just didn't get it done in time. It's a special anniversary today with Robbins. More on that in a little bit. Definitely want to recognize that. Um, Let's talk about student loan debt, David. Yeah. Well, this is a big scam. Uh, We got another massive transfer of wealth, uh, thanks to Democrats right now being in charge. Uh, So the Biden administration is now saying that for individuals who make $125,000 a year or less, uh, you qualify for up to $10,000 in student loan debt forgiveness. Mm. Uh, and if you were a Pell Grant recipient, that's, those are grants that are given out to low, low-income uh, folks, uh, you qualify for up to $20,000. I believe families, the cutoff is $250,000 for the $10,000 uh, loan relief. If you make $250,000 and you're married, uh, that's the that's the cutoff. That's the threshold. So this is going to be paying off bills for a whole lot of people with useless degrees. Uh, we knew it was going to happen. It still stings. The other part of it that is such a scam is, and it, arguably I think this is the bigger thing, is a cap on monthly payments that they are proposing. This is a rule change that says uh, you can pay no more than 5% out of your disposable income every month towards your student loans. Currently, what if that, I want to pay it off early, David? Well, I, well, you're an idiot if you want to pay it off early, <laughs> then, honestly, because you pay. So, <laughs> yeah, why would so you do that? <laughs> right, it's 5% of your, of your monthly income maximum can go towards it. Currently, that's at 10%. Uh, and so this rule change is a big deal because then they're also saying as long as you're paying that towards your bills, towards the loans that you took out, within 10 years, you can have that whole thing forgiven. Now, here's the other interesting part. If you make $15 an hour, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere around there, maybe even a little bit more, but if you make $15 an hour just to use that as a central baseline, uh, you actually don't have to make any payments at all. You're, it's $0 on your student loan, and you still qualify for debt forgiveness because technically paying $0 counts as a monthly payment that you made. So if you're making your monthly payment of $0 for 10 years, <laughs> you can discharge that loan. Golly. I, this is a, a, such a remarkable scam. <laughs> It's incredible. <laughs> and the other part to bring up would be some scholarly people will say, hey, this isn't legal that they can do this. But at the same time, what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do about it? Honestly, that 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 they kind of have your clackers in a vice if you are against this, mm-hmm. uh, because whenever you're talking about a lawsuit, you have to be. Uh, somebody who can demonstrate standing, can can demonstrate to the court that you were 
a victim that you were an that you were an injured party towards some policy. So you can say, well, taxpayers generally are the injured party. Well, the courts don't recognize it like that. They have to say, you know, you have to be able to demonstrate this actively hurt me, and that's why I'm suing for relief. Um, and so you would have no no case at all, David, saying, listen, I went through school and I took out, you know, extra jobs to pay it off yeah. while I went through school and I had to go about it a little bit slower so I didn't have to take out loans. Yeah. Oh, but I, you're not getting any of that money back. Because the, the courts would generally recognize, again, how was I injured by this policy? So the, it's just like a married couple that instead of saving for retirement, said, well, I don't want my kid to go in debt. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and give them the money to get them through school so they don't come out with this crushing student loan debt. Yeah. You know anybody like that? Uh, maybe. Okay. You got a mirror? Mm, no. So <laughs> at the same time, th- nothing for you for trying to go about it the right way. No, no. And, and the courts would say you really don't have standing because – no one forced anyone to take out loans, and no one's forcing anybody to enter a loan forgiveness program. So I, I, basically, the Biden administration is saying uh, exactly what you said. What are you going to do about it? So then the question is, could somebody actually go and sue the federal government over this policy? The answer is yes, you could try. The real question is, who actually has the authority to do it? Who actually would have standing to do it? And right exactly. now, the only person that would have, or the only organization that I can see that would have the standing to actually do it would be the executive branch. Well, the executive branch can't sue itself. So, and why would they? Why would, why would Biden's Department of Education, which made this rule, sue Biden for the, adve- <laughs> for, for, for the executive order? What is Congress going to do? Can Congress sue? They could try. I mean, they, they can. But again, how do you prove that Congress was injured as a result of this policy? So this is one of these rare times when something is obviously, and it's been acknowledged by Democrats that this is the case, obviously it is illegal for them to do this. But there is no way that I can see at least that you could actually get some sort of retribution legally for this illegal act. There, I don't know who sues him, and I don't know how that plays out. I'm sure some state will. Texas probably will. Um, Florida might. You know, There may be some states that decide to do it because it's a politically advantageous thing to do uh, in whatever state they may be. Certainly in Texas it would be uh, pretty advantageous for a Republican attorney general to do that. But I don't. I don't see it going anywhere. I could be and wrong. Of course, you know. Another thought to this would be: so you get uh, some man or woman that maybe wanted to study something at a university, but decided not to because they knew it just wouldn't be financially smart. Why pay this much money to go to school for this degree that's not going to pay me a whole lot? So I'm going to instead going, you know, go into a field that would make more financial sense so I can make more money. So if you're that person, well, and you're making over $125,000 a year now, you don't qualify. Nope. But the person that went into gender studies, Mm -hmm. we have to pay for their schooling. Yep. So this is like some sort of cartel in a way. We need a board of worthless degrees. People (laughs) sit around and go, no, not you, no. No, So the pipeline to liberalism, universities... 
is figuring out how to get someone else to pay for their nonsense. Yeah. Don't you think this could end up with the Supreme Court, though? I don't. That's the thing. I don't see how. I, I, I mean, well, you I mean, could no, ask, unless they say constitutional authority, Joe Biden doesn't have the constitutional authority to do this, and Congress pushes back but on it. That, but who, who in Congress is going to do it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I don't think. I think you can try and you can make an emergency petition to the Supreme Court, but I don't know that this. I don't know that the Supreme Court would take it up. I because again, who has the actual standing? Who is the injured party? You know, you can't say taxpayers on mass. Generally, courts don't recognize that as a as you know they they don't look at policy as something that is something that causes injury. So again, I. Who takes it up? How does it make it to the Supreme Court? I don't know, which is one of the reasons why also I'm thinking, and I'm not in favor of this uh, policy decision at all, obviously. But the one question I have is, if you know that there's really nothing anyone can do about it, Mm -hmm. why stick with $10,000? The lefties who are ticked off about this actually have a point if you agree with their mindset and if you agree that this is good policy. They've got a really good point that why, why 10000 Why not 50000 You know, if, if you're just playing make-believe with taxpayer dollars and you know there's really nothing anyone can do about it, why not go bigger? Why, why, why settle for 10000 That seems like such an arbitrary number. I wonder, I mean, I'm really trying to answer that question. And I guess the first thought that I might have is, the way a lot of left policies go, <laughs> you push a little bit at a time. Yeah. It's just a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit. And all of a sudden, we're sitting here paying off someone else's loan, um, having some 12-year-old decide that all of a sudden they're a girl and they want to use the girl's restroom and people saying, well, that's okay. Um we're teaching white kids in school to hate themselves and black kids to realize that they're a victim and there's nothing that they can do about it. It's just a little bit at a time with all of these different policies. So if it would have been 10 years ago and you would have had the biological male want to go into the girls' restroom at school, it would have been, get out of here. Are you kidding? That's crazy. But it's just pushing a little bit at a time. So they figure if you go 50 grand right away, there's going to be people in the streets. So... The the biggest remedy to this, because the, the irony is that if Republicans were to take both the House and the Senate next year, let's say that, and they were they crafted a law that basically nullified this executive order, and they let, let just for the sake of the argument, let's say they had this veto-proof majority and they could do it. Mm-hmm. If they do that, then people who did have their loans forgiven, they would have standing. Because you can demonstrate they were an injured party because the government went back on a deal they made. On a deal, right. So exactly. they, they actually sure would have standing, and that it actually wouldn't happen. So what needs to happen moving forward, if Republicans take the House and the Senate and then eventually the presidency again, uh, they need to grow a pair of balls, honestly. They have to start. It's, you're funding the wall. You're funding the border yep. wall. You are unleashing American energy, and you do it without apology. Do it. Yes. And if you're not promising to do that and you've got an R after your name, get the hell out of the race because these Democrats are playing for keeps. Republicans aren't. No, there's too many Republicans that are playing for their families. Yeah. Make sure they're secure for the next generation or two. 
instead of looking out for the people they're supposed to represent. Right. That's right. You know, the other part of this, dude, I know this is going to sound crazy. All right, it's crazy take. I've been watching these different things where so many people in America can't do anything about these different policies, even though they know it's insane. Whether it's criminals on the street just bashing people in the head for no reason, and then they're out of jail the next day. Or it's people coming through the border, costing us billions of dollars, and we do nothing to stop it. And you think to yourself, remember when everybody was against organized crime, that it was such a scourge and it had to be defeated? Sometimes I think with organized crime, with criminals on the street, when you bash somebody, they're not out on the street the next day. Right. Somebody's going to pay for that. Or all of a sudden, yeah, you got to pay for this person's loan. No, 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 that's not the way that works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Jules, yeah. you give that f***ing Nimrod $1,500, and I'll shoot him on general principle. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm looking <laughs> that's at That's what I'm saying. And I'll, and I'll call out uh, some of this listening audience's own congressman, Darren LaHood. What are you doing about it, dude? What, I, I, I'm on your Twitter page, and I see you retweeted some mealy-mouthed statement from Kevin McCarthy and from the House Ways and Means Committee. What are you going to do about this? What? Yes. What's the response going to be? I know there's probably not going to ultimately be a mechanism to undo this policy. What are you going to do in retribution? That's what I want to know. How are you going to help? middle-class Americans, how are you going to help make this right? What policy are you getting behind personally? And, and, and if you can't do it, then step aside because you're useless. Well, you know, a lot of people will rip somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's kind of kooky, you know. She's a little bit crazy. You know what she recently did? Um, new bill. Yeah, we're not doing this trans stuff in school. Yeah. We're not going to do this stuff. And we're also not going to have the surgeries in in this state or in this country we're going to outlaw it and if you're a republican and you don't want to get behind this then what are you doing yeah you're worse you're going to put pressure on people you do yeah i'm just going to take take out a student loan now and just party <laughs> right i don't have to pay it back <laughs> it's it's Why so not? frustrating man well all these things that you've t- tried to teach your kids over time you know, you, you don't want to go in debt. This is what you want to do. You want to be financially responsible, blah, blah, blah. And then you see all these people with these degrees that are useless. Yep. And gripe and moan. No one made you take out the loan. Nope. We've all been young and stupid and make yep. bad decisions, but usually you have to pay for those on your own. Yeah, yeah. the doctorate in jarts is yeah, not right. my problem. But there, there's, But there also is the other thing that ticks me off about this policy is that there is no... Uh, solution for the underlying problem, which is that too many kids are being groomed through K through 12 education to go and take out these loans and go to college. Yep. You have they to are. go to college. You know, that that's the thing. That's the message that they're given, which means taking out more and more debt. So yes. you, you think the cost of college is going to go down after this? Are you high? Are you insane? Because the every university in America just got the signal, hey, man, as long as there's a Democrat in the White House... We can charge whatever the hell we want, and the government is either going to be backing loans to finance this scam, or ultimately they're going to cancel part of it. So we can sell that to people. By the way, the NAACP is slamming Biden over yeah. this student loan debt cancellation plan. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
the president, Derek Johnson, said in a statement, um, if the rumors are true, and of course they are, it's been confirmed, he said, we've got a problem. And tragically, we've experienced this so many times before. This is not how you treat black voters who turned out in record numbers and provided 90% of their vote to once again save democracy in 2020. This $10,000 is not nearly enough. Should be 50. Why stop there? Right, why stop there? Yeah, why? Just uh, just go 100,000. Why not? Infinity. Yes. I wonder too if the Democratic Party is always saying we got to you know, treat women fairly. There are a lot more women that go to school, take out loans. We're going to have no, of course we're not going to yeah. hear anything at all about What's that. What's another 244 billion? Come on. Well, I mean, yeah, we could give some more billions to Ukraine. Forget the southern border. How about these people that are in our voting class that have these student loans? Let's take care of them. Yeah. All right. News update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Yes, sir. I got to tell you, it was wild thinking about you this morning, Scott, because seven years ago today, uh, you had your heart attack. Yes, well, the first heart attack, you had two. The second one was actually worse. Well, so nice. I did it twice. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that don't know the story, well, you died for a little while. Well, for a long while, considering I bounced back, I guess, to the the 40-minute death pool. Yeah. Because you didn't have a pulse. No, I didn't have a pulse. Uh, I didn't have a pulse for 40 minutes. I came back minute 41. I did an interview this morning with our affiliate station in Dallas. And we were talking about this, and the question always comes up, and I'll just answer it before you even ask it. So what do you remember about that time when you were without a pulse? And, folks, I'd love to paint you a picture of a great story of me tugging on the rope of Jesus or shaking hands with Joseph or whatever, but I got nothing. I don't remember a thing. Nothing. Actually, I wasn't going to ask that. Okay, well, usually that's a question that comes up, and I understand it because I would ask the same question of somebody. So what was that like? And and. Given the things that you had to do, I think that's probably a more terrifying answer that you saw nothing. Yeah, well. <laughs> some, some fences that, no, I think, and I, I'm proud of you for it. I think yeah. you, did, you did a good job yeah. of mending a lot of fences. But but I could do a lot more, uh, I could do a lot more engagement, civic engagement, so I have a better story, which I don't. Well, one of the things I wanted to do on this special day was bring out the first interview that we did after oh, your heart attack. Now, this isn't from the hospital. No. It's not even some practice runs of just doing fake radio that we, we that might too. have done. Yeah. Um, but this was an interview recorded on March 16th of 2016. Wow. After you were out for a little while. And you can hear that, of course, your voice is not all the way back yet. Um. But this is really interesting, man, because, you know, around that time, uh, talked to doctors, different people, they never thought you'd be able to do radio again, you know, with for a number of different reasons. And some people didn't even know you were going to make it, even still. So it's a miracle. And, you know, when we did that first interview, we had talked about, you know, that second heart attack. When I got there to the hospital, there are 15 people working on you. This is at 4 o'clock in the morning, and there's a guy on a big screen that's giving instructions to all the workers at the hospital of what to do. And one guy just kept working on you Mm -hmm. because there wasn't a pulse for so long. Right. And so 
one of the first things um, that we talked about in that interview was your first memory in the hospital. Again, March of 2016, and this is what you said. The memory I have is probably opening my eyes and realizing that I wasn't home, that I was in the hospital. But you had no idea how you got there. I didn't know. I No, I didn't. And you went on to say that you thought maybe you were in a car accident or mm-hmm. something like that. And then you explained um, some of the other things you went through because then it just wasn't the heart attacks. And then it would be because of the chest compressions and how violent those are, uh, my ribs were fractured essentially, and pieces of my ribs went into my liver and took a chunk out of it. So what do you want to talk about first? Um, what it's like for you right now to hear yourself at that time, or do you want to talk about everything you had done to your liver up until this happened? Well, it was in a weakened condition, I can guarantee you. Um, I don't do that anymore either. But uh, the one thing I, I remember about that time is people would tell me, wow, your voice is just different, it's wispy. And, uh, and I would get so angry when I heard that. Oh, yeah. Because I did not want to be told that, right? Right. I did not want to be told that. But I hear it back now, and of course, it's obvious that I was not in good shape. Yeah. You know, and I remember I was sitting in a wheelchair when I did that interview. Um, because I, I, that was the only way I could get around it that, at that moment, at that, that point in time. Mm-hmm. And this was not long after I was out of the hospital. I mean, not long at all, so... Yeah, because you were still in the hospital at the beginning of the year. Yeah, like six months I was in the hospital. Yeah, so yeah. you weren't out, as I remember, till like February. Yeah, it was not good, man. So, man, oh, man, that is remarkable. I remember I got... David, what do you think when you hear it? Um, I remember that time, and I also remember at the time thinking, it's remarkable to me now, but I remember at the time thinking, wow, he sounds better than I've heard him in a long time. Yes. Like, his voice is coming back. Yes. Oh, that's well, what yeah. I remember. I, I remember hearing and then, you know, having, you know, certainly, I mean, Scott's been back on this show for, what, three and a half years now, like full time, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. three and a half years, you know, working with him every day, working with you, Scott, every single day. That was shocking audio for me to hear. I was not prepared that it was that to hear that it was that bad. You know, I was I was there. I lived through it. I I, I, I witnessed it. I mean. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It takes me, takes me aback. It is the strange thing, leaning into what you just said, David, that from being up at the hospital so many different times and being around Scott through those months, we would hear him different yeah. than someone that hadn't heard him since the August before. Yeah. And so when you would hear, man, he doesn't sound like the same person. You're like, really? That would be my reaction. Really? You don't. You'd think it sounds like a completely different person, and someone would say, yeah, it really does. And now, all these years later, I can totally see why. Yeah. I mean, that's like when I hear it back, because I didn't know how I sounded to other people. You know, in my mind, I sounded just like I normally would. Right. But I didn't. So. Well. And I, you got, you know, you got to understand I had a trach in. Yes. That, you know, it's in through, it goes passes your vocal cords and, you know, and, and the whole thing. And. I can remember my daughter was, I guess, at the time, probably not as happy about me getting one because she was afraid it was going to ruin my voice forever. But they really didn't have a choice. I remember having that conversation with her. Yeah, it was either that or die, you know? So I'm like, I don't know what what you're going to do. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> living yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. 
But uh, that's so that's uh, yeah. see how airy it sounds though, and how wispy. Yeah. I mean, it's oh just, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Well, you know, the other part is talking to you about you know your different outlook on life, and this is interesting to hear, man. Because I was listening to this earlier today, and you didn't know it, of course. No, this was a surprise. Um, to talk about after everything you had gone through and that close to death. And this is what you said. I think, you know, it's another chance to be the person that I wasn't a lot of times before. And just kinder, just, you know, not not so much on the air. Because, I mean, listen, I don't want to lose that. There's still a, there's still a colossally a huge amount of idiots that need to be exposed. <laughs> just kinder. Except for on the air. Except then I go to colossally idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. very kind. Yeah, but there's there's another part of that. Roll it. But uh, you know, just I, I think just cherishing times you have with your family and yeah. and your good friends and that kind of thing. You know, I mean I, that that to me is something I kind of took for granted, and I don't I won't anymore. I just want to say now, it, it seems like you do. It doesn't seem like you cherish time with me and David. <laughs> See, that's not true. That's not true. I spend more time with you two guys than I do any other males in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that, but I don't know that you cherish it. Well, I generally I do, but you know you can be you can be you can be very harsh, brotherly. So with me, <laughs> David is sort of the well. Occasionally, David piles on too, but sometimes I think he just takes pity on me and releases the pressure yeah sometimes david's the first one to pile on and when that happens yeah. it's hilarious it yeah it can be yeah. but i but try no, but I, you know the thing is and this is with all being very truthful here i mean it, it, jamie was a great friend of mine I, you were there almost every day at the hospital and almost every day when i got home i mean almost every day we kind of went step by step through it you came to my therapy sessions uh, when i was trying to relearn how to do this again and uh but believe me there's a skill set involved i know it doesn't sound that way sometimes but there is um, but you, you to, to relearn it and everything. So you were a, a great friend to me. Well, to be honest, I was getting paid for that. Well, well yeah, I came, came out of my trust There were people that were doing out of a GoFundMe. There, I was getting paid actually tall right. cash. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, of ahead. course you are. But no, I mean, but you really. Here's what you know. Here's what you know right now. If nothing's ever happened to you, I got a lot of friends, man. I got you know, blah blah blah. blah. Until something happens to you, but your social circle shrinks immediately. Um, and you and my buddy Lloyd, who you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you guys were there with David. Well, David was in the hospital a lot of times too, but you were there with me practically the whole time in, in one way or another. And, and how many people that are, do scatter, they just scatter, you know, and you, you never see them again. Well, and you stop drinking too, which is a whole nother thing. That is, sometimes that is you something. have your friends you booze with and then you got your friends, right? Well, you had definitely, uh, you know, your family, yeah. And then, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then other close friends. To be honest, there were a lot of people that wanted to come visit you, but they couldn't. Oh, they weren't allowed. Yeah. Honestly, well, because I was a you, mess. Well, you were in a coma for a while. Yeah. And, and then, then I, even when you came to, I mean, I turned there yellow were, and. Well, there were hallucinations. Yeah. You know, we talked about it in this interview in <laughs> March of 2016. You feel things crawling up your leg. Dude, I was there. on fentanyl. <laughs> I think about that. I was. I, they were giving me fentanyl. 
What? Yes. Did you want to feel the pain? No, I didn't want to feel the pain. Man, oh, man. But I think about that now, and I'm like, wow. They say, well, if it's so addictive, why? well, you're addictive, but you're in a closed situation, so we can reduce the amount. And well, yeah. You go through the withdrawal and all that in the hospital. It's a yeah. contained situation. They're controlling how right, much you exactly. take. Yes. But, man, I was sailing a lot of times, yes. Well, yeah, or you would say the, the the dog's in the corner. There would be no dog there. I know. Um you would say, "Why are we in your basement?" And I'm like, and then it would freak me out because, you know, one minute you'd say, "I should be back to the show in two weeks." I'll be back to the show in two weeks, and then it's like, "Okay, whatever, dude." And you're like, "Why are we in your basement?" And I'm like, "Scott, look out, look out the window. You see?" And you're like, "Where's that road?" I go, "That's 74, man. You're in the hospital." <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any idea. You know, well, I had some, I had some doozies, man. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about in that interview the dream you had where you and I were with Charlie Sheen in California. Yeah. Yep. And for whatever reason, Charlie and I left because I fell off the wagon <laughs> and went on a bender with Charlie Sheen, and you were mad at me because you were left by yourself. And that was your. Yeah, I think when you were telling me about it, you were still mad at me, even though it never happened. <laughs> right, I know. Oh, I mean, if you're going to fall off the wagon, it might as well be with Charlie Sheen in a Scott Robbins hallucination. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> There's a helicopter involved. And I, and the whole thing. I, I, it's funny how I still remember that, though. Yes, to, I listened to, to the, you tell the story earlier. Yes, yeah. you do mention the helicopter. Yeah. Which is wild, man. So that was seven years ago today, the first of the I heart know. attacks. It's crazy, isn't it? Wow. Okay. So you have words of wisdom to share before we wrap this part of the well, show Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's I, – I don't take things for granted like I used to. Um, I certainly did modify my behavior, um, which is a good thing. I uh, go to the doctor, get checkups. Don't, don't, I mean, I didn't do that. Now probably, um, that was not a great calculation on my part either. Not going to a doctor for like 20 years, but, uh, you know, stay on top of it. Consider, I mean, you know, just, just be careful. Well, I understand that, you know, people do care about you and you don't want to leave this earth anytime before you have to. Right. So the other part that is always crazy to people and it's so true. And David can certainly attest is, the ongoing joke on the show for years, uh-huh. and your worst fear was having the grabber. That's true. I did. I did. I made. I don't. That's why I don't mock anything like that anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm just afraid if I, if I somebody. Yeah, I'll probably get hit by a bus. Then I probably will get hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna leave it alone, man. Wait, does okay, that count that- though? <laughs> what you just did. No, no, it doesn't. Okay, count. listen. Just, just just stay away from the City Link Depot. Okay. That that's an example, right? Okay, not to get too deep on it, did you somehow think that you were a candidate for a heart attack? Was it because of the way you ate or lack of well, exercise or how you get wound up and I on things? Get wound up and you know, yeah, it was all. It was a, I never thought I was though. I never thought I was. I always thought, nah, I'm not gonna have a heart attack. It was like, yeah, all this stuff, yeah, maybe, but not really. No, I didn't really think I would. No, right. But that's what everybody says when they're smoking and drinking. Like, it won't happen to me until it does. I think that's so many people with a lot of different things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That you never think is going to happen Just uh, colliding and, and, you know, and I got to say that, you know, God saved me. I, that's that's it. It was a God thing. Oh, I mean, I'll, I'll always believe I'll that. I'll always give credit to that because doctor sure as heck wasn't doctors saying that. No. You know. And no, you were it there wasn't. For that. Yeah, it was there I mean, for that. Know. It didn't look very good. You, you shook hands with a priest, I think, when he's in there, you know. Well, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, there were yeah. people that... 
that certainly didn't know you were going to make it through. Right, yeah. Well, here I am. But as we're all here, and the three of us together doing this show, mm -hmm. it's a blessing, man. It is a blessing. It definitely is a blessing. We'll be back to ripping each other tomorrow. Yeah, to shreds right. again. Okay. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show.